podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Happy Christmas, folks. This is Tino, James and Muff bringing you the countdown to kick-off ahead of Celtic v Dundee on Boxing Day. Now, this is going live on Christmas night, but don't let us kid you on that we're recording on Christmas Day. We're not... I'm not that dedicated to what we do, but wanted to make sure you had decent time to watch this ahead of the three o'clock kickoff at Dens Park on Boxing Day. But for coming to you first, obviously we're just in the back of a a decent ish two 0 one over Levy. Um, but I know you've not been too pleased at how things have been going in recent times. So how are you feeling at the moment? Hello, Tino. Hello, James. Hello, listeners and viewers. Um, no, I've not. I've not been. I've not been overly enamoured. Well, listen. At the end of the day, two league defeats in a row. Despite the fire nerd game being sandwiched in between them, the two league defeats in a row were pretty grim stuff. Um, and for a you know for a, patches, the performance against Livingston was good, but for patches it was very very flat and, and tepid. So no, I, I, I listen. Um, I feel we're we're very one paced at the moment. Um, and I think you saw in parts when we could have been really dynamic against Livingston, we chose to just. Recycle and retain the ball. There doesn't seem a lot of dynamism in the team, but but if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think the manager necessarily has a lot of players at his disposal that can bring that dynamism that you may require. Um, I think the jury's still out, and 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 a good few players who have maybe been given pass marks because others have been poorer than they have been or less consistent than they have been. Um, but for, for me, currently. Only two, and I'm going to be pretty harsh on Matt O'Reilly here because he has been good at points in the season. But Vickers and McGregor are the only two for me that are really absolved of any sort of um, criticism about how their performances have been in recent weeks. Yeah, don't worry too much about Matt O'Reilly. My feel be Inter Milan's problem come January. Ah. So that's that's one less thing for you to moan about. Um, before I, I come to James for his initial thoughts, Muff, there's various bits of chat doing the rounds. A lot of folk. Or certainly, you know, some folk feel that Brendan Rodgers has "quote unquote" lost the dressing room. That the players aren't responding to him. Do you feel that's the case? And, and I know, I know you've got certain opinions on him, but just you know, just being very kind of general across the board. Do you think that his message isn't getting through? I'm not. I'm not too sure if it's if it's that his message isn't getting through. What I would say is it doesn't look like the players are having a lot of fun playing this style. They don't look like they're particularly enjoying it now. Results will generally dictate that. So Roger's style is fine when you're winning, which he was, and that's great. However, that's all then got to come under scrutiny when results turn, and they have turned. Now, we are an entitled fan base. Of course we are. We You become entitled when you win as often as we do, and you win as many titles as we do, and you win as many trebles as we do. It's natural you've got to become entitled it sets the bar really, really high and we've dropped way below that. The quality in the squad is way below that. There's mitigating circumstances for the results. Europe has taken a bigger toll on this squad than in previous seasons. I think we found it harder to go again domestically because of that. Rodgers is too reliant and too few players to be able to spread it round. However, that does not absolve his who's on the bench, Tom Bowler, um, who gets the third midfield spot. You know, It's almost like they're doing that with the Paradise windfall. So I, I just don't I, there's a lot of things I don't get in what Rodgers is doing. However, there are huge mitigating circumstances as to why this season, more than any other, performances have dipped the way they have. Was that yeah, reason enough? Fair, so. Was that reason enough? Uh, balance, 
balanced at the moment. We'll see how you go over the next 20 minutes or so. I um, one. James, is, you, is there a point machine on here? There's not, so it's... Uh, Mind your P's and Q's. James, yes. you and I done the, the post-match after the, the Levy win, and I think without it being a, a fantastic display of free-flowing football, Celtic done what they had to do. They were up against the the bank of six and the bank of four in front of that. Really turgid stuff from Levy. Poor conditions, you know, swirling wind and rain, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, we had to get a win. You know, Miff's right to point out two very disappointing league defeats. We had to get back to winning ways ahead of this one at Dundee. So, how do you think the players will be feeling in general uh, ahead of the Boxing Day game? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more positive than Miff. Just be, and Miff has been fairly positive there, to be fair. But I'm more pragmatic with it. That, that win uh, yesterday was a win at all costs. And when you've seen what David Martindale brought to the party, absolute football killer when he's two down, it's impossible to get any flow in a game like that because you just, just come up against brick walls. The personnel aspect comes into it when Dyson's not really on the ball because he's just not fit yet. We don't have the options to let him rest and you know build his rehab. Um, we just are where we are. Everything keeps circling back to, to summer work. So in terms of the players themselves, first and foremost, they'll be happy they've stopped the rot. That, that's, that's the most important job is to get your win and get that first one on the board of these next four games. So all we can do is build on that. It's a tough, tough game coming up on uh, Boxing Day. You know, Tony Dock, experienced manager, he'll know what he's doing, and he'll know how to set up. But the, the camp themselves, I think they'll be happier than they were yesterday morning, because they've got that one in the bag. So we just need to build on it from there. Yeah, I think, I think that's what they'll need to do. You may have seen the headlines um, in terms of some of the post-match stuff that came out, but Brendan Rodgers was obviously speaking to the media after the game, and there is a suggestion that Rio Hitati may well be fit for at least Saturday next week, if not sooner, uh, which would be a huge boost. I've got the quotes here. So he was asked, does Rio Hitati have a chance of playing on Tuesday or Saturday? Roger says, possibility, but we'll just have to see on that. He's been out in the grass and he's been working well. He looks strong and fit. We'll just have to assess that and weigh up the risk. For the second part of the season, he's going to be huge for us. He's such an instrumental player, and the dynamic that he gives the team... He hasn't featured much in the first part of the season. A game he came into earlier on in the season, the whole speed of the game was different. That's what we're about, that tempo, that intensity. So the quicker we get him back, it'll be like a new signing for us. Finishing with a brilliant cliche there, Muff, but how uh, how important could Rio's return be for Celtic in the next week or so? Well, it seems like Mr Rogers has changed his tune on Rio Hattati's importance to the squad and the team. So quite interesting that. Much like his um, change of tune on Tomoki Awata that once he started playing and was playing well. He was always a really good quality player. It's just Rogers decided not to play him. So um but that aside, um I think it would be a fool to say that Rio Hotati doesn't make our team better. I think all you have to do is look at some of the games that we've not won and say that he arguably would have would have made a difference just in terms of chance creation and also his own ability to pop up with goals. Um he's just a fantastic footballer and to be quite simple, you know, quite blatant about the fact we cannot do without the likes of him, Vickers, Abada, Maeda, all at the same time. The squad just is not strong enough. Yeah, and I think that's what we've seen in recent weeks, James. It's just that, you know, when a few key players have been missing and we have, you know, lost key players, we struggle to deal with in general. But for you, how big a boost would it be to get Real back? Uh, personally, I think it's too risky. I'm a huge, huge fan and, you know, we know what you bring to this team. And we know we've got the tombola in full effect when we just don't know who's in that that third slot. It's Bernardo's managed to nap it for now. 
Um, more important to me at this moment in time is Iwata coming back and getting in the six. We saw what happened when Rio came back early the season from, from injury. It just takes a couple of games to get up to speed and these aren't the games to get up to speed in. So I, I think it's too much of a risk. Um, without If he starts tomorrow night, maybe, but I think that's risky itself. So I would see him probably being fit for maybe something like you know last 10 minutes tomorrow night and that's not enough game time to be ready for Saturday. Like I said, I'd like to know more about where Iwata is, but if it's not Iwata, then it's McGregor in the six. It's O'Reilly. And is Rio a better gamble than Bernardo? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's it's a tough call, but we've seen what's happened before with Rio, so I'm, I'm wary of it. Yeah. It's unlikely we're going to hear from Brendan Rodgers now, so it'll be doing nothing on Boxing Day in terms of press stuff and unlikely to hear much of anything until the minutes approaching the, the three o'clock kickoff. So we'll just have to, to make our own guesses in terms of who's fit and not. And I don't know, I would expect Iwata might not be back in time for that one. We'll just need to wait and see. But James, we'll start with the goal in defence. Um, again, I, I find myself repeating myself, but it's more than likely going to be Hart. Then it's Johnson, Taylor, Cattle Vickers and Scales. Any changes for you? There was a suggestion Johnson maybe took a wee knock towards the end of the game uh, yesterday. So that's the only doubt for me. You know, we would all love to see something different left back, but as for us, maybe frame, but then there's no point in taking minutes off a tail and then throwing them in on Saturday. And you're not going to throw frame in on Saturday. So let's just be kind of realistic. So I if Johnson's fit he plays, if not, Connie Ralston comes in and the rest are all same as Saturday. Yeah. Math same for you, same goal in back for? I would expect so, um, given that Navrock and Lager Belker are nowhere near the squad. Uh, you, you can't see many other changes coming. I think Johnson Johnson's form's been a bit indifferent. I think certainly with the ball, he's been a lot poorer this season. Um, but I, I still defended well in, in games. Uh, I can't see any other change coming. Uh, and I think the lack of competition for Taylor's really beginning to kill us now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. You, you've been a huge fan of Greg Taylor, Matthew. You've, you've kind of backed him up and you've you've been in his corner. But he's got no support as well. You know, it, all, all well, players at all levels go through spells of bad form. It's, it's part of football. No, no player goes through their whole career, you know, plain sailing. And now we've got a situation where Greg Taylor finds himself struggling, but there's no viable alternative. So he continues to get played when he's struggling and it's not doing the player any good either. No, and he puts a lot of physical into his games as well. He covers a lot of, a lot of ground, you know. He overlaps Palma on a fairly regular basis and probably doesn't get the ball 80% of the time. So um, I think it would, it would do everybody a favour if you were able to swap him out, even in, in some games or, or keep him out for a couple of games. Um but I think I think with Taylor, Taylor probably suffers for the system in that when Rogers has played this system before, he's had the likes of Kieran Tierney or Timothy Castagna playing in the wide areas and going round outside and producing quality. Taylor's game's more about picking up spaces in the inside channel. Um and you can see sometimes when he's out wide, he just looks like, you know, if there's not a very obvious cutback on, he, he, he seems fairly limited in what he can do. But he's, where he excelled was when he, he wasn't playing in that type of role. So it leaves... We, we kind of knew that coming into the summer. We didn't do anything about it. And now that's what's created a problem for us. I've heard some people talking about skills, possibly. 
kind of in there, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think skills is skills is a centre half all day long. I would, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be moving him to, to disrupt the back line. I think as long as skills and Vickers have a settled partnership, I think you just kind of persevere with Taylor in the meantime. Yeah, to James's point regarding Rio Hattati, I don't think Brendan Rodgers is going to make any rash changes. I don't expect to see a lot of changes in general for Dundee, and he's not going to experiment ahead of that huge game on Sunday. So whether it's Greg Taylor or keeping his midfield settled, I don't think we'll see much chopping and changing. Matt, I'll stick with you for now in terms of the midfield. So, yeah, you know, as I say, you've tagged it, the, the midfield lottery, the tomball or whatever you want to call it. McGregor, uh, O'Reilly, and one other. James and I discussed Paolo Bernardo's performance. It was fine. He he was okay against Livingston. But like some other teammates who are on the fringes, I think you need more than fine. You need to go and have an impact. You need to can you drive into the box? Can you get your shots away? Can you, you know, create some chances for teammates? And I don't think that's what Bernardo brought to the table. So does he keep his place or do you see an alternative there? I don't I don't think so. I think he works hard enough, but it's just it's fetch and carry. Um he's he's not doing anything. I think if we're if we're going out and bringing in a Benfica Academy graduate, we're expecting more. We need more, and so far we've seen very little. And that's not he's been very industrious, but um, you know, touch pass sideways. That that's it. That's all you're really getting from him. So we need something that's more impactful. I actually think of, of them all, the one with the most potential to actually be a, a quality player going forward for us is um, Odin Thiago Holm but he seems to come in for one game and then disappear at the squad for three or four so I, you know I, I can't imagine that's, that's doing his confidence any good I know Rogers is really big on training performances so maybe these guys are, are maybe just not doing it in the training field but I would, I would like to see him stick with one and give them a few games and I think Awata's injury has been really really unfortunate because I, I think we actually look relatively Settled with him in there, you know, the Kilmarnock game. I think a water ran out of gas a bit, and that coincided with the team. When the team ran out a bit of gas, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't think there is any coincidence in that. That we, we then subsequently let the slip of the game and control of the game, and when a water kind of ran out of steam. And uh, then in the final game, it was really noticeable that we lost control of the midfield after a while, I went off as well for a bit. So, um, I think he's had a really, really good impact when he's been on. I think we've all thought there's been a player in there, to be perfectly frank. I think we've We've really wanted him to get a run of games, and I would hope, like what James said, that I would hope that he's maybe back in contention again. Yeah, and you know, I think if you look back, so what we're now 26 games into the season, if you look right through, I don't think Celtic have had the same midfield for certainly three games in a row, but barely for two games in a row. You turn well for the first couple of games of the season, then Hatati came back in for a couple, then he gets injured, and Awata was in, and Thiago Holm was in, and Bernardo was in. It's just been so inconsistent, James, and I think Brendan Rodgers has struggled from that. Listen, he, he, he's... There are faults from Brendan Rodgers this season, but he's also had, had his real issues in terms of injury and consistency. And this midfield three, it's just it's, it's an ongoing headache for him. And you get Bernardo there in for a couple of games and he's not done enough for me to to be a guaranteed starter against Dundee. And you could find that he goes back to the well again, maybe goes with Turnbull, maybe goes with Thiago Home. What do you think? How do you see it going? I mean, if you analyse it, you can take your two development guys in home and Bernardo out of that because they're going to be inconsistent. They're development players. That's just part of the course. You're maybe looking to, you know, Turnbull to have turned up a bit better. Um, Hatati has just been an injury situation. Iwata has shown 
but then he's been injured himself, you know, just of late. So, like all of these things in football, it's it's a mix of just things. It's not like he's been sitting with five fit players on the bench. He's going right, you this week, you next week. There's been lots of inconsistencies out with his control, but I don't think he's necessarily deployed the resources as, as well as he could as well. And by that I mean in terms of motivating them and you know getting them on the pitch in their very best condition to deliver for Celtic and for himself. So it's it's a mess. And again, it loops back to the summer. But it's only transfer windows that are going to fix that. We're not going to fix it, you know, Boxing Day. We're not going to fix it on Saturday. So it's just a matter of getting the best that we can at the moment. For me, it would be a water if, if he's fit. And if he's not, like I say, I'm not really for risking Rio, both in terms of, like, it's a hammy injury. So rushing back from a hammy, really dangerous. But also he needs games to get up to speed, as I, as I said earlier on. If Iwata's not fit, for me, it's Cal McGregor, Bernardo and Matt O'Reilly. Yeah. I had a, a chat, as you lads know, with Anthony Joseph from Sky Sports News. We usually do a, a bit of a transfer catch-up at this time of year. Yeah, available now, Miff, in all good podcast shops and here on YouTube. But, James, part of that chat was Bernardo's situation. There's a, a loan there with a, a view to Celtic having the option to make it a permanent deal come next summer. But the figures doing the rounds are something between five and six million. And I know he's only, I don't know, four months into his Celtic career, but... Do you think that'd be money well spent based on what you've seen? Um, I watched the show earlier on, and you know, Auntie Joseph probably called it right. We probably need another six months of evidence and data to to truly judge. But what what I've seen has been nice, but not really eye catching. Certainly not controlling games, and it's such a key position for us. If it's anything above couple of million is an absolute no. Um, you could, and even then, a couple of million, you're just stuffing another development player in where you, you can't really fit him. We need first team players in that position, in, in lots of positions. That's the key one, a really key one. So we can't really have development in there. So I don't think it's going to work out. That's my gut feel on it. I think he's okay. I think he's done some good things. He's not done anything particularly bad, but maybe that's an issue that he's not taking risk. He's nice and tidy, keep himself in the team. Um, nah, circle back to the summer. Bad signing. Yeah, I think he's okay as well, but we need better than okay. Um, if just you can give us your quick thoughts on Bernardo, um, and then let's look at the front three. Obviously, Dyson Maeda's return from injury as well. So, Bernardo, first of all, and then let me know what you think we'll be doing up top against Dundee. Um, Bernardo, I'd, like James said, what, what does he do? You know, what's, what's he done? Worked hard, Jess. You know, took very, very little chances. I don't think he's created much. Um, and we need somebody in there to do that if Ireland McGregor are going to be playing his day. So, um, no, for, for me, it's a, it's a no. Yeah, I think I'd be right. Um, okay, front three. Um, it's, amongst other areas, you know, we've talked about the midfield issues. There's been centre-half issues. There's issues in the wings. You know, there's... Injuries to key players like Abada, Maeda was out injured in recent weeks. Mikey Johnson doesn't look like he's going to make it as Celtic. Yang's been inconsistent like a like a new winger from South Korea should be. Um, and obviously Louis Palmer's done fairly well in spells, but come in for a wee bit of criticism recently for not doing enough. So how do you see it shaping up in general, Muff? And what do you think we'll go with against Dundee? Well, for, for me, um, so I think Palmer has escaped a lot of criticism because whoever else has been on the wing has been a lot poorer than, than what he's been. Um, now, I'm aware that he had two assists 
against Livingston. And without those assists, you don't win the game. So, you know, I completely understand that. But his general play and his output in general play has been really, really below the standard that we need. And I think that if you compare him with the likes of Jota and even a fit Maeda, we were getting far more out of them than what we're getting out of Lloyd Palmer. So I know Maeda is somebody who irks a huge amount of Celtic fans with his general on-field madness. But if you look at just bare stats, it, it, it resembles a, you know, a, a, a good output, but also the amount of work that he does for the team is highly valued by the team and the manager. So Maeda is almost a bit bulletproof in that sense. Um, I think Rodgers really, really values him, but he's clearly not fit. He's clearly not fit. So I think we need to be fair on Dyson Maeda. You know, what a really harsh situation it was thrust into against Hearts. Team two down, playing absolutely terribly. And then just chucked on for a full half to say, right, you know, what, what you're giving us, you could see in his run, he wasn't stretching out fully. You know, he's, he's playing well within himself. And let's be quite frank, a Dyson Maeda playing within himself is absolutely no good to us. So I, I, I doubt Maeda will play the We'll start the game. I think he'll get brought on just to bring him up to speed for the Rangers game, where hopefully he'll do his usual job on their right back. Um, so for me, I think either Forrest or Yang will start alongside Palmer. I'm not quite sure who yet. I thought Yang... Yang's one that I've, I, I'm still holding out a wee bit of hope from. He's produced two of the worst performances I've ever seen from a Celtic player in recent history. Um, however, he's also produced a brilliant performance and continues to show wee signs he could, he could be something. I thought against Livingston, he'd done, he done very well when he came on. Very well. I, I thought he was good when he came on. I thought he was lively. And I think Brendan Rodgers done the right thing by taking him out the firing line um, when he was struggling. He was struggling over the last few weeks and Brendan Rodgers has just removed him from the squad, yep. giving him a bit of time to regroup, reset, whatever he needs to do. And I thought he was a bright spark against Libby. I thought he came in and looked sharp. And a lot of folk have defended him by saying that he he doesn't work particularly well out in the right hand side, having to cut in. But when he's had to play on the left hand side for Celtic, he's done particularly well. And you, you know the Libby game being the most recent example, I thought there was some really clever feet at times. He was direct. He was trying to make things happen. So yeah, I've absolutely not given up on him. There's there's a player in there somewhere. We just need to find consistency, and that'll always be the challenge for wingers. James, I think Math makes a good point about um, Maeda. I think Brendan Rodgers himself has said that he's not 100%, and you can see that. You know, there's quotes to that effect. Um, and he may well be arrested with a view to getting half an hour against Dundee and then being fit for the Rangers game where he plays such a vital part in pinning in uh, James Tavernier. There's also, just in terms of the Louis Palmer stuff, a lot of folk have said words to the effect of he couldn't lace Jota's boots. And they're absolutely right. But Jot is a superstar. Jot was a real fine for Celtic, a real a real coup for Celtic to pick up a player of that nature. We had two brilliant years from him. We got an unbelievable offer in terms of 25 million from the the madness of the, the Saudi League. And yeah, Louis Palmer isn't Jota. Lots of guys aren't Jota. And Celtic cannot go and sign ready-made Jotas. I think we struck it lucky to a huge extent by getting Jota. And now and then these guys will come along, but I don't think it's fair on Louis Palmer or Yang or James Forrest or anybody to say, well, they couldn't lace Jota's boots because of course they couldn't. So I think there needs to be a wee bit of realism there with whoever's on the wings at this moment in time. I totally disagree. You can't you can't replace Jota with two million pound signings. I agree with that. But if you go and spend the nine, ten million you spent on Jota with the twenty-five you got for Jota, yes, you can. This this is just Celtic's lack of ambition all over. Um I think 
Palmer's got something. Not not too much more than the, than where I, I kind of place Yang. He's got something I want to see more from him. But he's you know he's, he's not anywhere near a Jota level, and I, I, I agree with you. It's not fair on him to say you're not as good as Jota. But it's fair to say to Celtic's recruitment team, why are you saying a guy who is such a drop from Jota when you've got buckets of cash in the bank and you got 25 for Jota? So, nah, I, I think it's an easy way out for the board to say, oh, well, you know, Jota was special and all that kind of thing. I take your point, but it, it could have been done if we'd showed any ambition to do it. Yeah, I mean, my defence is, is a defence of the player. You know, the, oh, you can't fault Louis cool. Palmer for, for Celtic's recruitment. And at this moment in time, until January changes the situation, Louis Palmer, James Forrest, Mikey Johnson, Yang, uh, Maeda, they're, they're our wingers and we need to be real with them. And that's what I'm saying. None of those guys are going to turn in Jota-like performances because Jota was such a unique talent. And yes, I believe there's other Jotas out there or players at least close to his ability, but they're not in the building at this moment in time. And and again, with a lot of the stuff we are saying, that pushes back to the recruitment team and, and what they'll really need to do. Uh, come January. In terms of Dundee, James, so I think I've suggested we'll go Louis Palmer um, on one side and either Forrest or Yang on the other. Are you there or thereabouts with that? I'd be tempted towards that and I'd be tempted towards Yang um, given the, the kind of safety ball you get from, from James these days and that's just, you know, time and tide. Um, you you, you Tino taking the tight for Mikey Johnson, you need to just it was fantastic when he came against Livingston. Fantastic. Um, my actual thinking is that Dyson needs more game time in his legs um, and, and more competitive game time rather than closing out a game. So I think he'll start again as much as the last two performances have been your know, way off what, what he can deliver. I think he needs the match fitness to be ready for Saturday. I suppose it creates a, a bigger debate, a bigger dilemma if you're training up, if you like, Dies in to be fit for Saturday, then you're saying I'm putting you on the left wing. So is Palmer dropped or is Palmer on the right? Because he doesn't play on the right. He can play on the right, and they certainly did feature him there earlier on in the season. Um, yeah, we do have this kind of dilemma, you know, where are you? Yeah, you've, you've got to play guys where they're at their best. And if you do put my aid on to James Tavernier, which Celtic almost always do and have done in the last couple of years, then something's got to give. And you might end up yeah. playing somebody in the right who's not as strong there as he could be. So listen, that's the that's the call for Brendan Rodgers he will need to make. So a few dilemmas here and there. Um, we don't really have time to get into too much detail on Kyogo. Great for him to get his goal, but that was his first in 12. So James, you and I have covered the fact that he he looked relieved as much as anything to get that monkey off his back. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think, though, he'll go into Dundee just a bit more confident and feeling a bit better about himself after grabbing that one? I mean, striker yourself, all, all strikers do. You know, it's it's goals that change your, your whole outlook. And he will he'll just, he celebrated his goal with his teammates, but then it was just a just an outpouring of angst, frustration, all the, all the stuff he'd been feeling the last few weeks. So I think that'll have taken him, you know, a good step back to to where he can be. And he'll take that onto the pitch on Tuesday. So yeah, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be starting and he'll be flying. Yeah, here's hoping. Muff, we'll just get a quick chat about Dundee before we get your scoreline predictions. So they're sitting in seventh place in the table just now, three off Hibs and six, which is a fairly decent place for Tony Doc to be, given it's his first role in management. Um, I've got to be honest with you, I don't know much about their personnel just now and who's who's playing for them, who's featuring, who's grabbing the goals. But any general thoughts on Dundee at this moment in time? Well, I think we can get up to 
get up to Dens Park so it was a, a, a tricky place to go um, I think Dundee, Dundee have overachieved so far this season um, I would expect that'll be a very tight game I think the likes are you know, Paul Mullen, Zach Grudden they're guys if you give them chances they'll score goals how will they approach it being at home I don't think any different to if they were playing at Celtic Park I think it'll be tight what I will say is there is definitely the, the aura of you know, invincibility about Celtic that was even maybe the, their early in the season is, is disappearing. I think teams feel they can really get at is specifically from set pieces. So that that's the bit that where, you know, with the Dundee game coming and then the Rangers game coming, both are going to be kind of like physical challenges. It'll be interesting to see how our defence really stand up to that because Kelly and Hearts have given a bit of a blueprint already for other teams. Yeah, James, it's a decent point, isn't it? Those two defeats gives other teams reasons for optimism. I wonder if, if just the flip side of that, though, means that teams might come out a bit more against us. You know, they maybe kind of, you know, fall into a bit of a false sense of security, a, you know, a false confidence, which actually in itself might help Celtic. I've no idea. I've not seen one bit of Dundee this year, uh, generally speaking. So they're at home, as I said to Miff there. They're, they're seventh place. They're, they're doing all right. I'm not expected to pick up points against Celtic, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a free hit to an extent for them. Yeah, I mean, I saw about twenty minutes of the game against Rangers, maybe how was it early December, something like that. Um, and, and as you would expect with Tony Dockery, well set out, well motivated, physically fit, and a physical game. Um, but they didn't have much staying power. You know, the, the heads went down fairly early on, and there were some kind of clumsy challenges, all that kind of stuff. So. I think you can take the Killian Hearts as blueprints, fair enough. But then you can look at the Levy game and see you don't get to play that blueprint if we come at you. So as long as we come out and start fast, it's always, you know, what most managers say, but certainly what Roger says, you know, play the game we want to play it, not how the opposition want to play it. So if we come out fast, dynamic, pacey, high chance creation as it was on Saturday, then I don't think they get to, you know, use that blueprint, as you, as you put it. So... I'm more for what we can do rather than how they respond. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think um, a factor will be the condition of the pitch. You know, someone had mentioned the game was potentially in jeopardy and I hope that's far from the it's case. But their, their game against Aberdeen was called off, so not sure what the surface is going to be like there at Dens. Um, they trained on it on Saturday. They trained on it but didn't play on it. That's madness. Um, they were, they were saying this should have been played. Look, we're training on it. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Um, James, you've said it's all about Celtic and, and how they approached the game. Last time out, when we played them, we beat them 3-0 at Celtic Park. That was a Turnbull penalty and goals from Kyogo and Matt O'Reilly. How do you see it going this time around? Yeah, I think it will be tighter. Just, you know, fixtures coming quite fast there um, on the back of Saturday and we're just getting back to you know where we can be. Um, I think it'll be tight to the point of a 2-1 win. Um, maybe, you know, 2-0 and then give us 10 minutes of absolute terror at the end. Yeah. Matt, what do you think of this new rational James? It's usually threes, fours and fives, but he's gone for a very balanced 2-1. Well, I think it's a byproduct of what we're actually seeing. You know, it, 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 it's hard to be overly confident, but I'm, I'm going to go for 1-0, take you. But... Uh, I, I'm not too far away from you, lads. I think, um, like I said the weekend, a couple of goals to good Celtic that are more than capable of, of dealing with Dundee and, and any other teams of that nature. I'm going to go 2-0 Celtic um, and I think we'd take that, which would allow us just to keep the clean sheet, keep the confidence and kick on into Saturday. Muff, your final thoughts as we wrap this one up ahead of the Boxing Day kickoff. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been 
been a ch- challenging few weeks, but I think the, re- the reality of Saturday is atmosphere was, was much better in the, in the stadium, which was great. And also, on another day, you could have been 4 0 up in the first 20 minutes. You know, there, there, there was a fast start. We, we just were unable to take any of the chances. But Kyogo's chance in particular is very unlucky. He managed to hit the defender hiding underneath the goalkeeper, which is a new one. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, uh, just really keen that we go up there, get the result, um, and have a few winners on the horses as well. Because I enjoy my boxing day, lads. Enjoy my boxing day. Yeah, you've not even mentioned the darts yet, man. Well, the darts does doesn't start to the Wednesday, so I'll get into that. It's just hotting up. It's just hotting up. They're sorting the week for the chaff and in the first couple of rounds. See, from Wednesday on is absolute box office. Yeah, it's a very special time of year for you, my friend. I hope you have a great time. James, your own final comments before we, we take on Dundee. Yeah, just Saturday steadies the ship. That's that's the, the important one there. That just stops the rot, if you like. Um, a win on Tuesday takes us forward and starts to build that momentum and takes us into Saturday, where you know we can right a lot of wrongs on Saturday if we get that right. But obviously, most important is the next one, which is Dundee Boxing Day. But I think we will win that and take it into Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. So Celtic head into this one with the the lead at the top still intact, and hopefully that'll be the case as we head into Saturday's huge game against Rangers. But before that, you've got to take care of business against Dundee. We'll be back shortly after the game with the final whistle show. I'll need to rope in a couple of the boys for some Boxing Day overtime, but leave that with me. But in the meantime, from myself, Muff and James, hope you've had a great Christmas, and we'll catch you again very soon. Podcast Network.